0: This is most certainly true. The Word became flesh. Our Savior God was born a humble baby to set a world of sinners free. He became a person so that he could save people like us. And because he lived and died in our place, now we have a promise of life forever in heaven. Join our celebration of the birth of Jesus with this sermon recently delivered at Grace.
1: The Gospel this day is a single verse from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and serves as the basis for the servant today. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. Oh. So swooned Juliet in Act 2, Scene 2 of Shakespeare's famous Romeo and Juliet. What's in a name? she asked. Romeo was in the Montague family, arch enemies with Juliet's Capulet family why should a name stand in the way and interfere with young love if Romeo had any other last name would that really change who Romeo is if a rose were called a skunk flower would that really change how a rose smells what's in a name Sweet sentiments from the star-crossed lover, but I think you and I know better. In theory, her soliloquy sounds ideal, but you and I know names are of the utmost importance. Names identify who you are. You're Michael. You're Maya. But names just don't represent your identity. Often, then, names bring with that everything about you, your characteristics, your qualities, your accomplishments. So if you say a name like Michael, but you add Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson, or you say Maya Angelou, that brings all kinds of other thoughts along with that name and identity. Sometimes names are used to pass down a family tradition or legacy, like Henry IV or Fifth, or Eighth or Martin Luther King Jr. It seems today that parents still sometimes, occasionally, will pick special names for those kinds of reasons, but perhaps naming is a bit more arbitrary these days. Parents may flip through books, I know we did, looking for names that sound good or that may be popular and trending. Parents may want a unique name, like naming their child after a city, Paris or London, or a name with a unique hidden meaning, like a very popular name today, Nevea, which is just heaven backwards. Regardless of the meaning or the spelling or the history or the cuteness or coolness factor, we all know names matter. What's in a name? Sometimes everything And for all the special and unique and meaningful names throughout history, none can compare to the special, unique names of our God. His names always represent his identity, his accomplishments, his works, his characteristics. For example, the name Lord in all capital letters, capital L-O-R-D in the Old Testament, Is God's special name Yahweh, the name that tells us he's unchanging and always faithful to his love and promises? Or the name Lord with one capital letter, capital L, is God's special name to tell us he's our master and our ruler, he's the Lord over us. El Shaddai is the name that tells us he's God Almighty, and so on and so forth. You might wonder, well, why are we talking about names so much? It's New Year's Day. Why aren't we talking about 2023? Well, since we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th, the eighth day of Christmas, and I hope you know that song is about the days after Christmas, not before, the eighth day of Christmas would be today, January 1st. And why is that important? Well, in the laws that God gave to Moses and the Israelites, the eighth day was the day that all Israelites were supposed to circumcise their baby boys and they received their official names. And so today, January 1st, would be that day. Luke has just one Verse. In fact, it's the only verse in the entire Bible about this event. It's just one little short verse, and yet there is so much for us to think about with this one tiny verse. Like, where are Mary and Joseph right now? Are they still in Bethlehem? Probably. Had they found a guest room available to them yet? Maybe. In those first eight days, did they have a chance to, to clean up and wash off the filth of the stable and the stench of all those animals? We hope so. Had they done Caesar Augustus's census yet? How long were they going to be in Bethlehem? How long before they returned home north in Nazareth? Why is this circumcision and naming thing such a big deal? Didn't they have other stuff to worry about? And why this name? Why not Joseph Jr.? Why not the name of Joseph or Mary's father? Why not Why not a classic biblical name from their lineage like Abraham or Jacob or David? What's in a name? It's just one short verse. But in that one verse, Luke tells us everything we need to know about this special day. Listen again to that one verse. Luke 2, verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Everything happened just as God had commanded. Do you remember that short little verse from Christmas time when the angel Gabriel appeared to Joseph and said this? She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This child was to have a special and different name because this child would be special and different. God himself gave the name for his own son, Jesus, a name that means the Lord, Yahweh saves, or sometimes simply just salvation or Savior. A special name because he came to save his people from their sins. And so from this eighth day of Jesus' life until this present day today, we recognize how precious and special this name is of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus. But oh, how Satan loves to chisel away at the foundation of our faith and sometimes he loves to chip away at small little things hoping to cause an avalanche of problems later on and think for a few moments about how he does that with something seemingly so small as the name of Jesus it's a new year and so very soon people are going to start calculating their taxes And regrettably, probably some, hopefully not you, will find out they owe the government thousands of dollars. But no one is going to exclaim on that day, Oh, Daniel, I owe so much money. Instead, they exclaim in frustration with the name of our Savior. And here we are in football season and making a a playoff run. And yet when Aaron Rodgers throws yet another interception today, no one's going to jump out of the seat and yell, Tyler, did you see that? But many will use the name of our Savior in that frustrating moment. Or when someone's scared or startled, you never hear anyone say, Oh, Abraham, that scared me. Instead, they use the name of the Savior. You know, it almost sounds dumb or silly when you use someone else's name, which has to make you think, why does it need to be God or Lord or Jesus? or Christ what is Satan trying to do when you attack the name of the Savior you're slyly attacking the Savior himself but then again it's not just about the words that come out of our mouths and how we may use the name of our Savior Jesus you we are Christians Christians which means we bear the name of Jesus, the Christ, which also means that everything we say and everything we do reflects back on the name of Jesus, whose name we bear. As Martin Luther would say, we are many christs in this world. So, Christians, how did your New Year's Eve partying reflect back On the name of Jesus? How did your social media usage in 2022 reflect on the name of Jesus? How did what you say about your family after they leave your house for Christmas reflect on the name of Jesus? Or how about what you do in the privacy of your own home when no one else can see? Or what you do behind the back of your co-workers or your boss? Or maybe what you would have thought or said out loud or posted on Twitter about airport and airline workers this last week. There is never a time when we do not represent the name of Jesus. Never. Never. As Christians, we always, in what we think and say and do, we always bear and reflect back on the name of Jesus the Christ. And I don't know about you, but for me that is a scary thought because I know how little I live up to the name of Jesus. And I know how often the name I represent is closer to that of Satan than it is to that of my Savior. And this is why we need Jesus. This is why God needed to send his son to this world so that he could do just what the angel Gabriel announced, save us from our sins. And thank God that Jesus was able to live up to his name. The Lord saves. That's why this short little verse is of utmost importance. Mary and Joseph certainly had plenty of things on their minds with a new baby in a a town that's not their hometown as a young family, but they were very careful to observe God's laws and commands. Jesus was circumcised just as he was supposed to. Jesus was named just as they were told to name him. This one short little verse is the first recorded incident of Jesus the Savior keeping God's laws for you. And this one short little verse is also the first time, but not the last time, that Jesus the Savior shed blood for you. What a short little verse, but so Critical if Jesus was circumcised on the ninth day or or the tenth day because Mary and Joseph thought you know we 're just kind of busy right now, or if they named him after some hot and trending name in Jerusalem instead of Jesus or or later on if Jesus was not presented in the temple on the fortieth day with a purification sacrifice for his mother or or if jesus didn 't appear with passion and zeal for his father's house as a twelve year old boy like we have pictured so beautifully in our stained glass window, or if ever at any moment in his life, Jesus had a missed step, then he would not be Jesus the Savior because he would not be good enough. He would have fallen short just like the rest of us. Praise God that Jesus did live up to his name and the Lord saves Because Jesus was and is perfect. A fully righteous life that stands in your place, that covers over you in God's sight. And that holy and righteous, that perfect life, he was able to then offer as a sacrifice, perfectly paying for all of your sin and all of your missteps. If Jesus' circumcision was the first time he shed blood, in keeping God's laws for you. Jesus' crucifixion was the last time he shed blood for you because you couldn't keep God's laws. Jesus is the Savior with a perfect life and a payment for sin for you and in your place. It's Jesus and only Jesus. Only Jesus has lived that perfect life. Only Jesus died for you. Only Jesus could make that payment. Only Jesus has risen from the dead in victory. Not Muhammad, not Siddhartha, Gautama, the Buddha, not Shiva, not Vishnu, not Confucius. Jesus and only Jesus. And that's why Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, said this in Acts chapter 2, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What's in a name? There's salvation in the name of Jesus. And the amazing thing, friends, is that work of Jesus, his saving work, is given and transferred over to you by his grace. And that happens at our baptism, when we are clothed with Christ, just as we heard in that second reading today from Galatians. At your baptism, you were literally marked. The pastor made the sign of the cross, marking you as one redeemed by Christ. And then you were baptized in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. That was the moment that you were Christed, or as we would say, christened. And you took a new name and identity, belonging to God, child of God, washed clean in God's sight. The Apostle Paul wrote about that to the Corinthians after listing many ways in which we fall short in sin. Here's what Paul said, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. What's in a name There is a new identity for you in the name of Jesus. And our God wants you to enjoy that identity now and for all eternity. He doesn't want you to identify with Satan. He doesn't want you to be lost to eternity in hell with the devil. He wants you to have peace with him now and for all eternity. And that's why he sent his son Jesus. That's why he gives us his very words in the scriptures so we can know about Jesus. Listen to what the Apostle John says. These words are written That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. What's in a name? There's life now and forever in the name of Jesus. And that life, my friends, can completely change your experience in this world. Will you still suffer? Will you still get sick? Will there still be tragedy, trial, and persecution? Oh, yeah. In a sinful world with other sinful people, yes. But we have a peace that surpasses and transcends all understanding because we know that we have a powerful connection to our God as his children. Listen to the words of Jesus himself as he talks about this. Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You have a good relationship with God, named as a child of God. So Christians, go ahead, ask away. Pray for patience in your trials. And pray for wisdom in your decision making. And pray for calm hearts during hardship And pray for a loving heart for your neighbor, both friends and enemies. Ask away in the name of Jesus, and God will give according to his will, whatever you ask. What's in a name? There's power in the name of Jesus. What can compare to what our God has done for us? And who can compare to our Savior Jesus? It's no wonder that as the Apostle Paul was writing a letter to the Philippians that he stopped almost midway through in chapter 2 and just burst out in a hymn of praise and a song of praise to Jesus and, and said this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Here we are today in worship, glorifying the name of Jesus. But oh, how we look forward to that day when the Lord will return to take us home to heaven a glorious day when all people, believers and unbelievers, will acknowledge and confess the name of Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. Well, what's in a name? There's glory now and forever in the name of Jesus. And speaking of our worship of Jesus, have you noticed how focused and centralized our Christian worship is on the name of God? We gather for worship, and how do services begin? They begin calling on and invoking the name of God in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit as the pastor makes the sign of the cross, reminding you that you were named at your baptism. Oh, and then we call out to the name of our God, confessing our sins, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy. And then the pastor announces the good news, you're forgiven in the name of Jesus. And then we hear about the name and works of Jesus in the scripture readings and the sermon. And so we erupt glorifying and praising the name of Jesus in hymns and songs. And then we pray in the name of Jesus and we leave with the blessing of the name of our God. Well, friends, as in public worship, so in private worship, so in your personal life, you are mini-Christians, Christians, So when you leave in the name of Jesus, go and call on the name of Jesus and pray in the name of Jesus and glorify the name of Jesus and serve the name of Jesus and listen to Jesus and receive the blessings of Jesus. He's your Savior, your Jesus, so go and enjoy your new identity in the name of the Lord. What's in a name with Jesus everything.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you.